the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. You know, I get that 2020 has gotten a pretty bad rap, but as I did my year in review this year, I realized that I learned probably more this year than I ever have in the past. I learned how to use a camera, like that's not just my phone, and, and how to be sort of a semi-pro videographer in all of this. I've learned how to use Zoom much more often than I wanted to. I've learned how to read numbers and statistics as we were watching all of the things that, that have gone on with, with COVID-19. I've also learned how to shop online a lot better. And I've learned, well, if we didn't already know, how important teachers are, because as people have had to teach their children at home, they realize the importance of them. By the way, I already knew that because I'm married to one, just saying. But here in the past few weeks, I've learned a ton more. Because you see, on December the 11th, I felt this tickle right here in my chest. Didn't think much of it, you know, went Christmas shopping with a friend that day. Had a great time, came home that night, went to bed, got up the next morning and went to the gym to work out, you know, was exercising, but I was really having a hard time keeping my breath that morning. And, you know, again, thought nothing of it, you know, I'm slightly asthmatic and maybe I'd forgotten to take my inhaler that morning. Well, came back home and, you know, laid around in bed and watched some TV. Then I started feeling a little achy. So I thought, you know, I'm going to take my temperature. 100.4. Uh-oh. So it being a Saturday and, you know, Sunday I'm sort of expected to be at places, uh, I decided to go and get checked out. Sure enough, as most of you know, COVID positive. 
And I have learned tons since then. I've learned a lot about the virus itself. I've learned that it's different in everyone as it whipped through my house and how differently it affected my wife and my daughters. And then to talk to others and see how different it was and the experience that they had. How a virus that can basically be undetectable in some can mean death in others. I've also learned that there's a certain amount of shame that people feel when they're, when, when they're COVID positive. It's as if maybe they were being reckless or weren't wearing masks or were not caring about others. Because nobody really wants to admit fully that they've had it or that they have it. Another thing I've learned is that people tend to believe Facebook and other friends more than they believe the CDC. For some reason, folks think that after 10 days of coming out of quarantine, that maybe people are still able to, to give it away and that you, you're still contagious. You're not. You, after the quarantine's over, you're not contagious anymore. That's what the doctors say. That's what the officials say. But we tend to believe things on social media more than we believe actual facts. And so... I've learned all of this, but one of the biggest things I've learned is that making plans is absolutely futile. Because as long as there's COVID, there's no use in making any plans. Because we had Christmas plans, folks. We were going to go to North Carolina like we do every year. And then when I got it, well, that kind of got called into question. But hey, I was going to be done with quarantine on December the 22nd. Plenty of time. And then my wife got it. But she was going to be done with quarantine on December the 24th. And we looked, things looked good. Especially since our youngest daughter got tested on the Tuesday before Christmas Eve. And she was negative. And according to that, that doctor, because she tested negative then, so long as she finished out the 10-day quarantine with my wife, she would be fine. We would be fine. So even though we had already said we couldn't go to North Carolina, then we could go to North Carolina. But then on Christmas Eve, my youngest daughter ran a fever. And a week ago, or two weeks ago, last Sunday, she tested positive. Well, there went North Carolina. And, and then it, it looked hopeful again. And then this past Tuesday, my oldest daughter tested positive. And so all the plans that we've made and unmade and made and unmade have basically been tossed out the window. And it's not just that. I mean, think about it, folks. How many of your plans have been totally wrecked in the last year? Anybody supposed to go on a cruise or on a flight? Yeah, I'm sure you enjoyed that, didn't you? No, gone. Uh, how, how about graduation where all the family was going to come in and celebrate this great day? Uh-uh. Nope, didn't happen. Or all the great things that we had planned to go on in church last year, except the fact we didn't have people in church last year, or not until the end of the year. We had all of these plans going on as we entered into 2020 last year that got wrecked one after another, after another, after another. So like I said, one of the biggest things I learned in all this is that making plans is absolutely futile. Except maybe it's not. Because the truth is, as they say in the military, prior proper planning prevents pitifully poor performance. Plans are 
in fact, important. The problem is we make mistakes when it comes to making plans. The first and the biggest is that we don't make a plan. You know, do you really go to the grocery store without any idea of what you're going to buy? You just go up and down the aisles just throwing stuff in into the basket, you know, whatever. And then you get home and you have nothing to make meals with. You got 10 bags of chips, two 12-packs of Coke, and ice cream. But nothing for dinner. You had no plan. Or what about budgeting? Let, you, you know, you go out and you spend all your money on this and that, and, and then at the end of the month, you don't have anything left for, to put gas in your car or to pay the light bill. No plan. Or you decide that you're going to go on vacation. You don't know where you're going to go, so you don't make any reservations. You don't, you know, ask off for any time. And so guess what happens? You don't go on vacation. Why? Because you didn't make a plan. So that is the number one biggest mistake when it comes to plans. Not making a plan. And see, plans are important. As much as I wish that they were futile and you didn't have to make them, the truth is they are important, and we know this because God makes plans. And that's what our second reading is all about. In it, in, in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, what we're hearing is God's plan. Listen again to the first verses here. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual gift in the heavenly places. Just as he chose Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love, he destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight he has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. So do you hear that? What we have here is God's plan laid out. The plan for fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. That's God's plan. And how was that achieved? It was achieved through the through the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, a baby who was born, I learned yesterday, not in a barn, but in a stable, um, born in a stable, and, and who grew up and gave his life, gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins and the sins of all humanity. And, and through him, we have redemption. Through him, we have salvation because of God's grace. And what's more than that, this whole plan, it says that you and I are a part of it. And so it says that we were chosen for the adoption. We have been chosen to be God's children before the foundation of the world. You and I have been chosen. Now i got to be honest with you folks. There's number two mistake about when plans blow up. Number one is you don't have a plan. Number two is you have a bad plan. Bad plans tend to blow up planning. All right, there was this guy in Washington State in 1990, 
And he decided that he was going to rob a store. However, he had a bad plan. The store he chose to rob was a gun store. And he went into said gun store walking past a marked police car. And upon entering where the officer was standing at the register drinking his cup of coffee before he started his shift and shot warning shots into the air to tell the store that he was going to be robbing it. A gun store. Well, folks, the clerk responded with fire. The police officer responded with fire. And several of the patrons in the store who all had CWPs pulled their weapons on the man. His robbery didn't go to plan. Why? Because it was a bad plan. And so the reality is that when we have bad plans, they don't tend to work out. And I got to tell you, as I look at God's plan, I'm not sure how great of a plan it is. And why is that? Well, because you and I are part of it. I mean, look, I'm not always great when it comes to fulfilling plans. I'm pretty bad at it. And, and so the, the truth is, if this plan is relying on me, we've got issues. And I'm sure that you're not all that much better. You may fulfill plans a little better, but we're all fallen, broken sinners. And yet you and I are part of the, of the fullness of, of time bringing all things in heaven and on earth to God. What kind of plan is that? Where you and I are expected to play a part in its fulfillment. I don't know about you, but I'm thinking that's not a great plan. What's more, this, this particular letter was written by Paul to the, to the Ephesians. And one of the things that he was addressing was the fact that there were Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians and they were having a hard time getting along. But both of them were brought together with every spiritual gift in order to fulfill God's plan. And so not only was God depending on people like you and me, God's also depending on a bunch of us who, who are different from one another. And let's be honest, how hard is it for us to work with people who don't look like us, talk like us, act like us, or look like us? We don't always get along. And yet God is bringing all these people together and thinks that, hmm, here's the best way to fulfill the plan. I mean, that's the number two mistake when it comes to planning. A bad plan. How is the fulfillment of time and everything going to be brought on heaven and on earth under, under God if people are involved? Well, look carefully at this text. Because you see, as we hear it, our biggest problem tends to play into this. Because humans are self-centered. The world revolves around us. And in fact, we think our faith revolves around us. I found Jesus. I accepted Jesus into my heart. That ain't what it says here, folks. It says that you and I were chosen. This entire text is not about what we do. It's about what God is doing and promises to do in us and through us because of Jesus Christ. All of this is addressing God's actions, not ours. And so you see, this is a good plan because it doesn't depend on you and me. We're part of it, 
But God is the one that's acting through us. And God is giving us what it takes to get the job done. And so you see, as, as we begin to look at our own plans, and we wonder why they fail, well, I'll tell you, because there is a third reason that plans fail. And that reason is, it ain't God's plan. I mean, how many times have we decided to do something and said, oh, well, this is my plan for my life, and it just doesn't work out like we thought it would. Things just don't pan out like, like we think that they should. Well, maybe that's because it's our plan instead of God's plan. And that is a, is a recipe for disaster. So how do we know, though? How do we know if it's God's plan or our plan? Well, let me suggest asking five questions. The first question is, is it loving? Because I can assure you that God's plan will not include cutting other people out, putting other people down, or turning other people away. God's love will always be loving. God's plan will always be loving. The second is, is it helpful? If the plan that you're coming up with isn't designed to help other people, Probably not God's plan. Because God is all about our generosity and using our gifts, sharing our gifts to show God's love. The third one is, is it faithful? Sometimes we might have to break out the Bible to figure this one out. But if, if it doesn't align with what our faith teaches, chances are it ain't God's plan. Next, is it difficult? Because if it's not difficult, it's probably not God's plan. Because you see, my friends, if it relies on us to fulfill them, it won't happen. Because we're not strong enough. But in order to fulfill God's plan, we need God. We need God-sized dreams, God-sized plans. And if we see these God-sized plans, ones that we can't even begin to imagine how we're going to do them, then it's probably God's plan. And lastly, do I have what it takes? Because you see, God has made us individually and collectively part of this plan for a particular reason and has given us what it takes to carry it out. And so if I don't have what it, what, what's needed in this, then it's probably not God's plan and probably shouldn't be mine. But if it fits my skill set, my gifts, my abilities, the way that I was created, it's a big point that it's God's plan. So you see, my friends, it's important for us to not only make plans, it's important to make good plans, but it's most important to make God plans. So as we enter into this new year, I invite you to do just that, individually and collectively. Ask, what is God's plan for me? What is God's plan for my life? What is God's plan for my family? What is God's plan for our congregation? What is God calling us to do? How is God Asking us to share our gifts to show his love. And then fulfill the plan. 
the plan that you were chosen and adopted before the foundation of the world to help carry out. And realize this. God's plan will be carried out through us, but by him. And so we know that it'll be successful. Amen.